0: All right, I'm coming to you here live from New York City, traveling the world. As you can see, I'm not set up with my usual setup, but that's one of the beauties in the modern world ability to travel around, and still get things done, right? Mike Jeff Bezos says at the Everything Store, we are here to get things done. So don't let anything deter you from doing that, whether it's working out, reading. Uh, you can innovate yourself out of any situation. So, I bought a little tripod here, got the handy dandy iPhone. Of course, it doesn't look as studio professional as the stuff we could push out of Hollywood, but this isn't really about me. So, uh, hopefully, it's uh, about the value from the great minds that we're studying. So, today, for the book of the day, I oftentimes do this if you have not uh, heard me talk about the book reading routine you should be on. I talk about, you know, all of us, or most of us hopefully, when you wake up in the morning, you take a shower because you feel a little grime, you know, from sleeping. Just the natural accumulation, uh, you know, makes you feel a little uncomfortable when you wake up, you take a shower. Unfortunately, most of us were taught that, or fortunately, most of us were taught that by our parents, but unfortunately, we forget that we accumulate debris in our brains on an ongoing basis each and every day most of us see about 2 to 10000 ads a day billboards subliminal messages through banner ads whatever it might be all over the internet tv and so on even labels on clothing we're continually inundated by consumer uh, or methodologies and ideas that push us towards a consumer mindset versus what we've talked about before what you really want is the investor mindset so what i recommend you do in the morning every day can be two minutes three minutes five minutes 15 minutes over breakfast read a classic book you know what i like to read um right now i'm traveling so i've got you know my ipad to read on but i like to read something that stood the test of time something that's 50 to 100 years old and uh, I can think of no better book than this one I was reading this morning, that you hear me talk about a lot. Civilization is Discontents by Sigmund Freud. I mean, it, it's hard to fathom the insight that this one book gives relative to the amount of books out there. Don't uh, wisdom, knowledge, insight for your life is going to come. In disproportionate, uh, in disproportionate ways. Meaning, you're going to go out and talk to a thousand people, read a thousand books, listen to a thousand talk shows, and you're going to get that much good advice. And then you're going to read one little book. In this case, Sigmund Freud's book uh, "Civilization Is Discontents," which is a essay that, if it was a book, uh, you know, if it was a complete book, it would be a sliver of pages but the insight in it is disproportionate to its size. Life's often like that, right? By the way, I'm here in New York City. If you're wondering the backdrop, you can see some good old skyscrapers here in Manhattan. Uh, but let me, let's get to this book of the day and how it's going to... This book holds the potential in many ways uh, to change your life. So I'm going to go here to, he talks about the purpose of life. Now, let's read this. The question, what is the purpose of human life or your life, has been asked times without number. It has never received a satisfactory answer. Perhaps it does not admit of such an answer. Many a questioner has added that it should appear That life has no purpose. uh, Has added that if it should appear, then life would lose meaning. You know, this is an egocentric question. It proves how, uh, how much of a misunderstanding we have about the universe. You know, Freud says, this is a question we probably shouldn't even be asking ourselves. What is our purpose? What is your purpose? What is my purpose? He says, because we don't ask our dogs what their purpose is. Dogs just live right? So the first thing I think that I take away from this book of the day from Freud is that, look, you can solve half of the problems that you have in terms of fear, neurosis, worries, you know, is your life going to turn out? Is it not working out by just going, hold on now, Uh, I'm not the center of the universe. I will find meaning not necessarily in and of myself, meaning in my self contained bubble of life all the answers uh, will not appear, all the happiness will not appear. It will appear possibly some other way and Freud begins to go through this book. Let me move on as he goes through this. And and again, I cannot tell you how important it is to make this specific book a book that you read over and over for the rest of your life. Freud gets a lot of bad rap, uh, I have no idea why as far as I can tell, he's an absolute genius of the highest order. And you'll see as we go through this. So he says, for instance, a more important question or a more easily answered question or his exact words, we will therefore then turn to the less ambitious problem. What does the behavior of humans reveal about us? What does your life reveal about you? This is what he says. The answer can hardly be in doubt you seek happiness. That's it. You are seeking happiness. And here in, right here, is where you and I find the conundrum of life. We find life starting to get hard because the second you skip the question of what is the purpose of life, and you just go, look, I just wanna be happy, it feels like that's a good stepping stone. Like, okay, I've moved away from the harder question, what's the purpose of life? Is it, you know, some religious explanation? Is it some atheistic? Is it some nihilistic? Is it whatever you wanna give meaning to your life? Once you step away from that, just go, Ty, let's get down to business. Let's be practical here. You know what we really want? Freud says, we want happiness. Now, he says, the in the next paragraph, he says, happiness though, branches out in two areas. So if you look at your life, what you're really operating on, what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, uh, you will see it's really around two things, and Freud says here. He says it's not ever in doubt for you. He says you would seek for intense pleasure, and then number two, the elimination of pain and discomfort. That sounds too simplistic. Maybe we should heed the words of Einstein, You should make things simple but not simpler than they are. But I don't know that this is an oversimplification. At every path, at every turn of your life, there's one thing that I can predict about you and you can predict about me. We have been moving towards experiencing intense pleasure and eliminating pain and discomfort. The problem for oftentimes is we miscalculate what it is that will uh, cause us to experience pleasure versus uh, eliminate pain and discomfort. So let's keep going through this. Uh, (laughs) It's pretty interesting. He says, our possibilities of happiness are limited. And here's why. He said, and this is fairly uh, fundamental to life. Get this in your head. I often say, you know, I just did a seminar here in New York and I call it a new way to think about life. So a lot of these videos I'm giving you on YouTube Uh, could possibly be called a new way to think about life. Again, I'm not so cocky as to say that I have all those answers for you, but I do believe your best bet is the world's greatest minds, the compilation of their ideas, which is what we're doing here. And he says, uh, right here on page, well, 14, he says, what we call happiness, what you call happiness in the narrow sense comes from the satisfaction of pent-up needs which have reached great intensity and therefore can only be transitory experiences. Look, there was a philosopher that uh, did this mental game with himself. He said it was called like the hedonic machine. Imagine you could go in a tube and experience orgasm, let's say the most intense of all human uh, feelings on a continual, perpetual basis, nonstop, 24 hours, seven days a week, 365 days for the rest of your life. At first, that sounds like it would be great, but would you really want that? See, he says happiness as it's at its core and the reasons humans struggle to continually find happiness is that happiness in and of itself is the fulfillment of pent-up desires, meaning at some point you have to be unhappy in order to truly experience happiness. In order to experience, think of it this way, in order to get pleasure from eating food, you must get hungry sometimes. To be continually full, continually satiated would rob you of the pleasure of eating food and in the same way. That's why for me, you know, and I did this talk today here in New York, this weekend in New York. I say, look, the purpose of life is not happiness. The purpose of life, I believe, is fulfillment, happiness, will be a transitory experience. It must be a transitory experience in the same way that eating good food cannot be a 24-7 experience for you. Neither can sex. Neither uh, can anything. So a lot of people get this wrong and begin to continually over-pursue some of these things, not realizing the pursuit of those things guarantees they don't get the happiness that they want. Don't fall into that trap, Freud says. Now... He's Because he says here, when any condition desired by the pleasure principle is protracted. When you have pleasure for too long, he says, it results in a feeling of only mild comfort. That's why, look, I live in Hollywood, Beverly Hills. I'm here in Manhattan, Union Square richest people in the world here. These people aren't necessarily happy because the second you get that, you get the money you want. The pleasure principle, according to Freud, becomes satiated, becomes fulfilled. And then the desires weakened and the fulfillment, or I'm sorry, the happiness. The second you make a million bucks, all you're going to think about is what's it like to make 10? The second you make 10, what's it like to make 100? And it never goes, it never ends. You think you find happiness completely in love? Well, he's going to talk about that. The second you find it in love, you realize maybe that thing wasn't as good as you thought. Having children, even physical health, all, even the good life, health, wealth, love, and happiness. This video we're talking about, this talk, we're going above and beyond here. I mean, Freud goes deep. I'm telling you, don't, don't keep watching this if you're not ready to go deep because just uh, we're just getting started. So he says, our possibility of happiness is limited from the start by our constitution. We're not made to experience continual pleasure. Here's the sad news of his book. (laughs) Don't take this too too hard. He said, it is much less difficult to be unhappy. And I think you and I can agree, that's easier. If someone said, Ty, perpetually be happy this whole week at every moment in time, I would be like, that's going to be hard. Uh, Now you may be listening and have Eastern ideas. Oh, you can use yoga. You can use meditation. Oh, you can use religion. Oh, you can use your spiritual belief. Oh, you can do faith and tie. This is all you need to find happiness. Well, Freud is a genius. He touches on all those and talks about the pros and cons. This is a book you must read, even though I'm kind of going through it with you. Now, what does he say next? He says, uh, suffering comes from three quarters, he calls it, from our own bodies, which are destined to decay and dissolution. Look, Senescence, it's one of the 25 cognitive biases for those of you who are in the green belt, know that I talk about. Uh, You and I are getting older every day. That's hard for most people to handle. That neurosis of going, wow, man, I'm getting older. So we build up all kinds of myths in society about age and so on. Um, But it causes unhappiness to feel your own mortality. That's what Freud says and I would agree and you probably agree too. The second quarter that it comes from, uh, it comes from the outer world which can rage against us with the most powerful and pitiless forces of destruction, hurricanes, disease, car accident, the laws of physics that may have affected your life. Think of some of the things that may have ruined or removed happiness from your life. Those are things that he's saying, forces that rage against us. I'm on the, whatever, the 10th floor of this building here in Manhattan. I step off uh, that ledge. The law of physics kick in and I will be unhappy if I survive the drop to the bottom. right? This is the second thing that brings unhappiness. And he says, lastly, the third thing is our relation with other humans. The unhappiness, which this last origin, other humans, is perhaps more painful than any other. Some of the greatest unhappiness I guarantee you that you've experienced in life has not been from outer forces like the law of physics <laughs> working against you. I broke my ankle playing basketball on UCLA not too long ago. I was unhappy for a while, but you know, you get over it. I am like all of us get older. That hasn't been a major source of unhappiness. But this last one, our relations to other humans. He said, this is the one This is the one that brings true unhappiness. That's why I talk a lot about in the good life, health, both love and happiness. So he says, it is no wonder under the pressure of these possibilities of suffering, humanity is wont to reduce its demand for happiness. Meaning in a world where these three things are working against you, aging, the rage of outsized forces in the world and other humans competing for you. He says, no wonder happiness is what's talked about. No wonder happiness is what's sought by you and I. That's predictable and okay. It's okay. Now he begins to go through things. And I'm not gonna, you'd have to read the book. Let me just say where he goes here is so deep and so profound that I'm almost... A shame to try to summarize it because the o- odds, or even the audacity for me to try to summarize Freud in this specific piece of masterpiece of the highest order, I would rank this out of the 130 million books ever printed published. I would rank this as top five. And that's a hard category to get into, uh, obviously. And so, what he begins to go through next is something you're going to identify. If it's true, That the purpose of life is hard for us to figure out. So we then fall back on what the default state, which is happiness, which is defined as, uh, I'm sorry, we then look at our behavior. What does our behavior seek? Happiness, which is defined in two ways, the positive and the negative. The positive obviously being intense pleasures and the negative obviously being the removal of pain and discomfort. Now you've summed up my life and I guarantee you've summed up your life and then we go, okay, what keeps us from having this all the time? What keeps you from having this all the time? You want it. You want to go to bed happy. You want to wake up happy. Well, Freud says some of it's just the nature of the beast. You can't experience the joy of eating, a, a drinking a milkshake or eating french fries or whatever it is constantly because the second you do it too much, it's not good anymore. I remember my mom was a health freak growing up and she's like, Ty, you can't have candy. But on Halloween, she's like, you could eat all the candy you want. And I thought that was gonna be heaven on earth. But the second I started eating that candy all day on October 31st when I was six or seven, all of a sudden I wanted to throw up. I hadn't learned uh, the lesson that Freud here talks about. So then he says, What's easier to define, very similar to Charlie Monger's inversion. Instead of asking what makes us happy, what makes us unhappy is a good way. That's one of the logical tools you use to find answers in life. What is it? Well, threefold. We're scared of aging because that entails death. We're scared of outside forces because those forces do not care about us. Gravity does not care about you. Inertia, when you're driving a car, you forget to put the seatbelt on. Bam! You fly through that windshield, inertia doesn't care about you. And lastly, the competition of other humans. These are the three faults, I mean these are the three sources of unhappiness for us. Now, he goes, let's talk about how people start solving this. And you're gonna, as I read this, I'm like recognizing all those times that I thought I was an absolute genius. I was like, I got this thing on rap. I completely understand happiness. You know, you read some book. some Easter book, it's like, oh, you just meditate your way to happiness. Or you read somewhere else, it's like, my grandma's very intellectual. It's like, no, Ty, you go through intellectual pursuits. Or you meet someone that says, love, Ty, all the world needs is love. You find love, you find friends, family, and romance, and it's all there. You have children, some people say. Other people say it's found in otherworldly things. You will not find happiness on this world you will find Not in this life, but you will find it in an afterlife. Humans have been trying to solve this problem because it's innate to the experience of you and I. you got to find the answer. And what I want to suggest is Freud probably gives the answer. Um, Let me skip ahead. Because he begins to go through each of these. He says, well, if humans cause us problems, why don't we just become a hermit? Like people in Tibet. Become a hermit. But what's the problem with becoming a hermit? (laughs) Well, I think you know. It's the same thing that happens, I've always said, when you become too much of a Buddhist, when you become too much of a Eastern understanding, you stop living life. Like, if you get rid of all appetite and all desire, of course that would keep you from having, that, that removes pain. Like Buddha's, like, desire brings you all pain. Of course it does, Buddha. But it also brings you pleasure, the fulfillment, the respect of your peers. These are important. These are innate to your DNA. Don't try to change those. I think we know more now. Not me. Not me, no more than Buddha. I wouldn't say that. Nobody's going to remember me in 2,000 years, and they remember Buddha thousands of years. So. I wouldn't be so cocky, but I would say we know more now. We sure as heck know more if you break your arm now than we've ever known. 300 years ago, they might have put leaves on your arm when you broke your arm. Now, put an x-ray, figure out where it's broken, fix it, lock you up in a brace or a cast, and boom, you're good. In the same way, we know a heck of a lot more about how this thing works, about how your brain works. And Freud begins to say, the aim of gratification is by no means abandoned. He's talking about, let's say, extreme form of it consists in annihilation of the instincts as taught by the wisdom of the East and practiced by the yogi. When it succeeds, it tr- he's talking about succeeds in giving you happiness, it involves giving up all other activities as well. Sacrificing life, that's what he's saying. It's not a foolproof method. And again, by another path, the only happiness is it really brings is Peace. So for you, maybe you've tried to just remove things from your life. You've tried meditating. You've tried this. Well, that's good. Keep doing that. But just know it's not an end-all be-all for what you're seeking. It's one ingredient in the recipe. I always say the soup of life. You know, you want to make good chicken noodle soup. You don't just have chicken. You don't just have broth. You don't just have celery. You need a little bit each in proportion and so then forward says, what else? What other ingredients do people try? So well, people try uh, just going after whatever feels good. YOLO, drink, smoke, eat, do whatever makes you feel good in the moment. But we know what the end game there. It doesn't bring people exactly what they think it brings, and you can't sustain it. It's not sustainable. Look at people who. Just take drugs. Stuff feels good, but eventually it kills you quick. (laughs) We're not built on a DNA level to be able to to handle that level of sensory pleasure. So he talks about that one doesn't work very well. Uh, He says, intellectual. Some people try to use the mind. Maybe try to read books like me and find their purpose in life there. He says, well, the weak point of this message It's generally not applicable. I mean, most humans aren't going to do it. And it presupposes special gifts and dispositions. And he goes, even if the people who do use intellectual pursuits, he says here, interesting, uh, it fails against the arrows of fate. It's not strong enough. It's not strong enough for you to just distract yourself with knowledge. Uh, Next thing he goes through is, uh, let's see, art, the art of life. He talks about art. He talks about aesthetics, but he says here, I'm speaking, of course, of that way of love which makes love the center of all things and anticipates all happiness from loving and being loved. And you'll hear that in modern society. There's songs, all you need is love. There's this, and I'm not degrading that. I'm not disparaging that, and I don't think Freud was either. But he says, what is more, now, he says, the weak side of this way of living, going after only love, is clearly evident. And he says, and if it wasn't, if this weak side didn't exist, no human being would ever have thought of abandoning love. Like, love seemingly is the best way to get what you want. But he says, but you know what? We are never so defenseless against suffering as when we love. We are never so unhappy as when we have lost love. Right. So he's basically saying, love sounds awesome, okay. but love is not permanent either. Everybody dies. Love is lost sometimes when you're young, and sometimes when it's you're old. It gives us one of the highest elations. It'll give you the biggest high, he says, but it'll give you the biggest low. Right? Every action, Newton's third law, has an opposite and equal reaction. We're all looking for that black and white. No tie. I read a book. This is the way to be happy. I'm sure of it. There, that brain, if that's ever been you, it's been me. That's called the consistency bias. We're looking for truth. We want it so bad, we're going to buy hook, line, and sinker into any message. Oh, oh, no, 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 Ty, the way you find it is community. The way you find it is religion. The way you, no. Each of them are just pros and cons, and that's the new way to think about life. That's what I'm talking about as I travel around the world. The new way to think about life is not so black and white. I'm being black and white about it not being black and white. I know it's ironic. I see it. But go with me here. Uh Freud about to get to his final kind of answer, by the way, he says, beauty, we go after the enjoyment of beauty. Uh, some of that being physical, human beauty, other things, fashion, clothing, all those things. He goes, <clears throat> happiness is a problem of the economics of each of us. What does economics do? Economics in finance, in the US economy, in the global economy, whatever country you live in, is a way of taking scarce resources, right? Money in this case, but not always money. It can be corn, it can be you know, commodities, it can be aluminum, it can be whatever it might be and of parceling it out in proper proportions. That's what capitalist uh, systems are supposed to do. They're supposed to be very efficient. Now, you could argue they're not. We've tried socialism, communism, working in different places in the world. Again, there's no black and white. Capitalism is not a black and white thing. Communism, black and white. Newton's third law for every action. There's an opposite and equal reaction. Capitalism will bring with it tremendous ups and tremendous downs. Thesis, antithesis, synthesis. You look for the middle path. the path that seems to be more efficient uh, than most people are pursuing. So, where are we? The problem of your happiness, according to Freud, is that it's economics. You're searching for it in one way. It must be divvied up. And search for among many paths, all at once, and humans are different. For me, I think my constitution. In one, and and Freud, by the way, went through like seven or eight ways humans seek happiness. I only had time in this video to touch on two or three. Uh, I may record another video at another time. This one's important enough where I go through them, you know, on a whiteboard more methodically. For those of you who are in like my uh, training that I do, the, the the VIP stuff, I'm gonna build out a really cool course on this whole thing but you know these podcasts youtube kind of stuff i I don't want to get too in depth and bore you if you really like my stuff you can go to tylopez.com and get the full stuff or at least join the book of the day thing that's free um but so you got these let's say nine ways you can try to seek happiness You can do it by being more a hermit, going inward, meditating, Eastern. You can do it by going for love, friends, family, romance, children. You can uh, go about it by going into your brain, knowledge. You can do it by going into the outward world, senses, beauty. You can go through it using chemicals. That's one Freud talks about. Whether it be alcohol or whether it be Weed, marijuana, ayahuasca, whatever it is. And he says, again, you meet people that are in that court, you know, let's say marijuana or ayahuasca, and they're sure this is the way. No, no, Ty, this is the way. Well, I think Freud, a century or more ago, was already explaining this. It can work on some things and doesn't work. Nothing works completely. It's economic. So I want you to see your own brain and your own behavior in a new light now where you're seeking to find what is the proper mix? How much celery do you need? How much carrots do you need? How much broth? How much chicken for you to have a tasty soup? Because my soup will taste different. Mine, obviously, I like academic stuff. I think the love map, the mind map, that sociologist uh, Helen, Dr. Helen Fisher talked about was hardwired into me to love books, knowledge. I definitely experience happiness uh, that you may not experience through knowledge books and so on or maybe you experience it more than me maybe you're a person that uses love three parts you know out of ten parts in your soup maybe you love will be six or seven maybe for some of you, your paths to be like the Dalai Lama or Mother Teresa forsake marriage and human love and go down another path I think the what Freud says he says There is no sovereign recipe in this matter which suits all. Each one must find out by which particular means he may achieve felicity, happiness. All kinds of different factors will operate to influence his choice. It depends on how much real satisfaction uh, he is likely to obtain in the external world. Think of that. There is no sovereign recipe. Most of the things that you will follow, most of the books, most of the religions, most of the wisdom that you hear from other people will be some sort of sovereign recipe for happiness. I'm sure I'm as guilty of it as anyone speaking in black and whites uh, clear when there shouldn't be that much clarity. I know this is confusing for some people because it's like, Ty, just listen to this and I don't feel like you gave me an answer. Well, uh, that's because there may not be an answer, and sometimes the answer is the recognition and the humility, and the willingness to embrace the truth wherever they you may find it. Like they said about Jeff Bezos, he embraced the truth wherever he found it. I'd like you to do that. I'd like myself to do that. If the truth is there is no black and white, and that this chemical, I mean this uh, formula, is individual. What are some practical takeaways? Well, I was on the plane with somebody, some, I can't remember some students next to me, and I said, "What are you doing with your life?" You know, or we got to, they tell me that she, I think it was, a, it was a girl. She said, "I'm going to college and for what?" I said, "For finance." I said, "Well, what what do you really want to do?" Because she was super talkative. I said, well, "Why don't you do something marketing, speaking, PR, you know, teaching?" And she's like, "No, my my dad won't pay for my college. He says I got to do a real career." What do you mean a real career? Pablo Picasso was an artist. Seemed like he had a real career. (laughs) Uh, Thomas Edison was a dreamer. Seemed like he died to one of the richest men in the world. He had a real career. Seemed like Ray Kroc liked hamburgers and food. Had a real career. There's no real careers. It's all nonsense. It's people not understanding the new way to think about life. You, as you read these books... Maybe there's a little insight from these videos, but a lot more from these other thinkers than you'll get from me. Uh, I hope you start thinking about life different and going, what is my sovereign recipe? Uniquely suited to me. Which will not be 10 parts, one thing. If you think it's all to be found in... Guru in, in, in transcendental meditation and any if you think it's all to be found in ayahuasca, if you think it's all to be found in books and art and in intellectual pursuit, if you think it's all to be found in a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, child, friendship, even then you're thinking about life wrong, according to Freud. And I, I would jump on the bandwagon with Freud and say, That makes a lot of sense what he's saying. Find the recipe, mix it, take the ingredients. I suggest for most of us, and probably for you, uh, because it was important to me, that uh, you inject more of certain things, right? Because in our modern world, we're weak in certain things. One of those would be intellectual pursuits. One of those would be the appreciation of beauty. True beauty. I'm talking about scenery. I'm talking about Grand Canyon. I'm talking about the greatest artists, the greatest poets. That's why I like books and reading the best. The greatest achievements heroes as will Durant. I think you'll begin to find happiness from there. Uh, I think you'll begin to find happiness from the earned respect of your peers as you become more knowledgeable, more healthy, wealthy. You find more love and you find more uh, you know, fulfillment. I think you'll find happiness. I, I would throw in what Mother Teresa said. She said and Jonathan Haidt agrees is that doing things for a cause larger than yourself, getting in something. This is... And Freud didn't talk about that, but we know this is certainly one of the things that should go in your recipe. Uh, Physical health, obviously, if you feel sick all the time. You know, I was on this trip here in New York, ate some junky food in the middle of the night last night. I was like, I feel horrible. Maybe realize how healthy I'm lucky to eat and live in California, you know. That's chemical bias, by the way. If you're eating candy and you're eating junk food and you're eating, it tastes good in the moment, but it's a matter, as Freud put it, of economics of happiness. It's a bad economic investment to invest in something that gives you a one-second return and then a one-year negative return. That's this junk food. That's not working out. Lift some weights. You will find happiness from routine. You will find happiness from being a part of something. You will find happiness from chores in the morning. You'll find happiness from, as we talk about, a career uniquely suited and matched to you. Freud did not get into that because at the time he wrote this, the world is not uh, as opportunity laced as the world is now. The world now is the greatest time to ever live. Still back in Freud's day, you know, late 1800s, early 1900s, you're talking You were pretty much born into a village and that's still what you were gonna do. Okay, now you got intense, uh, the ability to pursue intense pleasure in the sense of doing what it is that you're uniquely suited to do job wise, nine to five wise or whatever hours you're gonna end up working. That will bring you intense pleasure. That needs to be a recipe in the soup. Boom, 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 boom. So add some of these things. Pick up the book. Civilization is discontents. Can't really see it here. <laughs> and uh, stay tuned. I'll be laying out. Oh, one thing. I should say three things that I'd like to ask you to examine about yourself. One: What has been the primary way you have uh, you have been seeking happiness, and what's wrong with it? Number two: What is of the ways we talked about and touched on? What is the way you have sought happiness at the least? and what you can do about that to start doing a little more. And lastly, an interesting question too. We touched on this. What do you think are the parts that will be happiness out of 10? So for me, I think happiness for me will come like four or five parts from intellectual pursuit. This is for me, might not be for you. Uh, Three parts. Or two and a half parts through love, and two and a half parts through uh, um, beauty. I like beauty, beautiful houses, beautiful works of art, beautiful landscape, beautiful you know faces, all that kind of stuff. Um, order, kind of those things, symmetry, all those things. Now maybe it's that's maybe it's four parts and three three. It sounds like my love is a little bit low. I do like friends and family and all that. So maybe it's like four three three for me. Right, I'm kind of lopsided. I don't find intense pleasure anymore from like, you know, escaping life. I did at one point. I lived with the Amish for two and a half years. I think your recipe change will also change throughout your life as your needs change. So anyway, what's yours? Tweet that out to me. Comment it here. Uh, If you're on listening to my podcast, leave a review. Put it in the review. It's interesting. People read these reviews. Let people learn from you. You know, you can pick a username if you leave a review. If you want a privacy, that's not your name or something. Believe that with the world. Share your legacy to the world. You know, that movie Lucy with Morgan Freeman I saw recently. It was good. It said, you know, he said the purpose of life. And of course, he hadn't read the Freud book saying that's an egocentric question to ask. But he said the purpose of life was to pass on knowledge. So pass on your knowledge. Leave a comment. All right, go to tylopez.com. I write about these things. You'll get special access to stuff that I don't put publicly here on these these type of sites, these type of uh, channels. It's tylopez.com, right in the middle of the page. Join my book of the day, where I share with you book uh, share with you about the books that I'm reading, the 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 um, insight that I'm getting from the world's greatest minds. All right, see you soon. Thanks so much.